Bless us, O Lord, for these gifts for which we are about to receive. We pray too for our dad. Keep him from harm away in the fighting. I'm sure it's not easy. Just the three of you. You would never sell the farm. This is our home. Dear Lord, we thank you for the quarries, for the brave men who work them in the dark, so we can have light that protects us from the dark evil around us. Get out! Get out! Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host Matthew Perkovich and this is episode number 232. Releasing August 16 in theatres on demand and digital is Gwen, a foreboding and atmospheric gothic horror that stars Eleanor Worthington-Cox as a young girl who must protect her family from malevolent forces both real and otherwise. Joining me today on the podcast is the film's writer and director William McGregor. William, I thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So, I guess my first question is that this is a film that is very unique for its genre, and I'm speaking specifically in regards to its setting. We're talking Wales, 1855, during the Industrial Revolution. I'm really curious, what came first in regards to your script, your story? Uh, Plotting or setting? Did the setting kind of set up a lot of things in regards to the plot, or does that happen kind of vice versa? Uh, I think the genesis for the story was with the landscape, really. I mean, I've always loved working from a landscape. Even my early short films, I explore a landscape, and that's what inspires me. So, in in a way, uh, a scene can come from finding that monolithic rock in the middle of the valley that gives me an idea. And then, uh, you know, I'd start to tie all those things together and... I know that I'm telling this story through the eyes of a young girl, and once she, once I understand all the things she's up against, that starts to help me create an outline, and then I do a sort of an overall outline of the film before I start writing. In regards to that location, we are talking here about Snowdonia, which is in Wales. Um, were you have you been there before, and did that inspire you uh, to write this story, or does that kind of come across a little later in pre-production? It very much uh, is a story that's come from that landscape. Uh, it actually happened because I made a short film called Who's Afraid of the Water Sprite, a student film in Slovenia, um, and a producer, Hilary Bevan Jones, who's had a lot of connections to North Wales, family, and also the film there three times before filming Gwen. She actually suggested that I go up to Snowdonia and explore. Um, just after seeing this short film, she sort of saw the way I worked with the mountainous landscape of Slovenia where the short was shot. Um, so really it was a sort of tip-off from her um, and, you know, wanting to collaborate on making a feature film together that sent me off to Snowdonia. But at that point I just had the short film Who's Afraid the Water Spy, A Love of Fairy Tales, um, and then just the, let the landscape and the history inform the rest of the story. When it comes to the imagery in the movie, you got your landscape you know where you're going to shoot your movie. When it comes to something like the nightmare sequences, for example, where you're focusing on this rock and you're basing this kind of playful but almost kind of male kind of scene there, 
Um, is that something that comes to you straight away as you dare in the landscape? Do you take notes? Do you do visual diaries? How do you come across in creating your scenes once you're there in location? A lot of daydreaming, really. I think there's a lot of different versions of those um, sort of psychological entering Gwen's headspace dreamlike scenes. You know, I think I even had versions of it where it was the mother in a more monstrous form and she was doing something on top of the rock and Gwen was in but couldn't see what it was. And it was something with her um, sister uh, just getting across that internalization, that fear of is my mother a monster on screen. So, yeah, just sort of lots of different little visual ideas and daydreaming, really. Those sort of scenes are good fun for that, you know, because you're not, you're not plotting at that point or you're not having to, you know... Um, the story through the like cause and effect bouncing off other characters is purely a visualization about how someone's feeling and what they're worrying about. So I think they're, they're quite fun, powerful scenes to write actually, and definitely to shoot too. Uh, the cinematographer in Gwen is Adam Etherington, and he does a really great job here as well. Um, when you meet up with Adam and you have your ideas about certain scenes, about where you're going to shoot and such, um, what's the relationship like there? Because uh, I'd imagine the relationship between a director and a cinematographer is so essential, um, especially in a film like this, where location and where imagery is so important to telling its story. Yeah, I mean, very much so. So um, Adam and myself actually worked together now for over 10 years. Um, the short film I mentioned earlier, Who's Afraid to Watch by Trust, a lot of my other short films, uh, the TV drama, a lot of TV drama I've directed in the UK, um, we've done together. So there's a sort of an understanding there, and you know, he understands this project intimately because he's been around you know, as I've been writing it. And I think having that level of understanding um, and being able to work closely together about you know, how we create an image that can feel at times fantastical, but also always earthy and grounded and real, um, you know, meant that we could test things and try things and have a, you know, share a lot of references. So, you know, that, that was a really important part of the process, actually, definitely. I want to talk about the film's cast, and um, of course, I want to start with Eleanor Worthington Cox, who plays the role of Gwen. Um, she's very much an actor who's on the up and up, um, has been in a lot of um, things of late, uh, in great in everything she's been in as well. Um, is she an actor that you've always had an eye on to work with in your movies? How did you come across casting Eleanor as your total character? So I'd seen her in the Enfield Haunting, uh, which is a guy uh, show about uh, she becomes possessed in this TV show. And I thought she was fantastic in it. She actually got a pastor nomination for it. She's very young. Um, so she's someone that I was aware of and our casting director, Andy Pryor, had suggested. And, you know, often you, you're excited by an actress, but you can't hold everyone in your head at once. And he says this, they never learn what... You know, what she found, I was like, oh, yes, yeah, she's brilliant. And so we brought her in and, her, you know, just spoke to her and she read a few scenes and she was, she was fantastic. So I think we're really lucky to have her, actually. So I think um, she does do something young, you know, 16-year-old actress carrying the film is a huge weight on her, but I think she, she did it so well. You know, we're very lucky, really. I think she did a fantastic job in the movie, as well as Maxine Peake, who plays the role 
of Gwyn's mother, Ellen. Um, Maxine Peake, to me, is quickly becoming one of my favourite actors. I've seen in Una... In a, in a bunch of things of late and she's just absolutely terrific in this movie was she kind of like on a short list for you of actors who was going to play that very that very pivotal role of of ellen this character who slowly um succumbs to the elements uh in, in your movie yeah i think um she's a real collaborator and someone with similar interests to me both um in terms of folklore um uh, and also politically, and so we kind of got on well that way. Um, but also, if you need someone who is ethereal, but yet incredibly gritty and real, and um, just have a flinty look in their eyes, but at the same time, you could believe there's something supernatural about them. Yeah. Uh, like, that's a very rare thing, and she's just got it. Like, she, um, yeah, she, she's an uncanny ability to give me goosebumps. I think what is really important in regards to your movie is the is the feeling that we share with these characters, especially in regards to their isolation and how they are pretty much succumb to the elements. It's very it's a very unforgiving movie um, in in that regard. Um, has there been? Did you find much when doing research for that time period and for that kind of setting and location? Um, find much in the way of historical references in regards to women at that time um, having to, who are isolated, their husbands are at war, etc. Was there a lot of um, research in regards to um, historical context for uh, women um, who had to deal with a lot of things during that time period? Yeah, so I think, you know, this story isn't about a specific uh, event in history, but it's definitely inspired by what I've been reading and the kind of research I've done in order to work out how to tell the story. And, you know, I have to admit things uh, such as uh, the best line in the film, you know, steal a mountain and they make you a lord, steal a sheep and take your hand, isn't my line. I, it actually came from historical research and visiting the uh, National Slate Museum in Wales. Um, and it's just details like that. You know, that's a... Uh, that's an incredibly potent line, and I think if you are listening to history, it's going to improve your script. And even factual things, just about at that point in time, the least amount of homeowners in Great Britain would have been in Wales, North Wales, because the homes have been taken away in order for the quarry to expand, and then you've got the land and the people to work the land. Um, and I think that kind of removal of um, people from traditional way of living on these farmsteads and into a more urban, you know, life. It's, it's really fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, a lot of that really um, sort of fed into what I was writing. And I've always had a fascination in witchcraft and folk belief and how someone can just be ostracized from society because they have this ability or this belief. And often that was just through from the patriarchy of not understanding this um, control they might have and it might have just been from a herbal remedy not even anything supernatural yep uh, something that I, I really loved about your movie was the atmosphere that kind of like slow burn really creepy paste the film has which i think is really essential uh to a lot of horror films to get their kind of like their tone uh, across um on this film you're working with editor mark towns 
when you are in post and you're talking about how you wanted to have the film uh, come across in regards to its pace, toward, in regards to its atmosphere, um, do you use references to other films? How do you talk to your editor in regards to how you want to come uh, bring that across to the screen? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it comes from the themes and wanting to tell a story about um, fear of the unknown. And, you know, dread was a big key word for me. This sense that there's something outside, there's something in the dark, and you don't know what it is. And what should you be fearing? The supernatural, your parents, the patriarchy, something wild, an animal, the landscape. And that, if you're going to put that, idea of dread on screen, you've got to create this atmosphere and create this tension, and it could be um, sonic landscape, you know, textural sound design that I'm listening to as I'm writing, or it can be paintings like Goya's black paintings, which, you know, he was making as he was going mad in the house that he died in. Um, how, how someone can create the feeling of unease with an image or with sound is definitely something we looked at, and, and also, I, you know, films that I like um, that do that are quite, can be quite slow and quite, um, you know, as you say, like a like a slow burn, and I think there's a lot of um, folk horror that I have, you know, that I love, um, Blood on Saints Floor, which kind of general, or even some Eastern European stuff, um, like Witch Hammer and, and Valerie in the Week of Wonders, they're disturbing because they're, um, uncanny you know it isn't shock horror jump scare from the beginning it's something slower that just sort of creeps into your subconscious and we were always aiming to try and achieve that um william just a, a final question here um your film was had its international premiere at the toronto film festival where you won the uh, rising star award this is your feature movie um, what was that experience like taking your first movie to a f- festival like the Toronto Film Festival and winning that award on your first uh, feature movie? Well, the, yeah, so the, it, Eleanor got the Rising Star Award, and I think that was just really um, deserved and helped our film stand out because you take a film to a film festival with 400 movies, and a lot of those are kind of Oscar contenders, or, you know, they're Oscar contenders there. So how does your, you know, little British film cut through all that? And I think having Eleanor um, be recognised really helps us. And also, the, I feel like the even though we didn't screen in Midnight Madness, I feel like the Midnight Madness crowd being there, there was, you know, I went to those screenings and you become a part of the community. And I think that's what's really, you know, exciting about film festivals and also genre and cinema itself is how it is a community and uh, you know I just that was a part of it I've absolutely loved being you know doing and being a part of well, look, Gwen is a fantastic movie. Congratulations to you, William. Um, it's a stunning uh, feature film debut, and I can't wait to see what you do in the future. And hopefully, uh, with future movies, we get to talk more about your craft in the, in, in later time. That would be amazing. Thank you, Matt. Great chatting. Thank you so much.